I want to share with you four realities, just four realities of what the Word of God says regarding heaven and hell. What Jesus himself made reference to uh, through the Gospels, through the Word. And I'm going to go first to Psalm 139, and I'm going to share this with you out of 139, starting verse 13. For you were formed, you formed, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. In other words, he wove you together in your mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that you know my soul, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. And so I just want to lay this foundation down first and foremost to say God had a plan for you. We've heard about destiny. He said, hey, repeat this after me, destiny. I told the men yesterday, you have a unique destiny. Each and every one of us has a unique destiny. We were born. Look, we weren't born uh, before Christ was born. We weren't born in the first century. For the first century, we weren't born in the dark ages. We were born now, I would say and conclude, for such a time as this. And the Lord knew you. You formed my inward parts. You wove me together. You covered me in my mother's womb. And he says, he says, the psalmist says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Somebody needs to hear that word this morning, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, you are marvelous. He said, say that I am royalty. Well, you are royalty. We talked about that yesterday, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that once you give your life to Jesus, once you surrender your heart to the Lord, you become adopted into the family of God, part of the royal family, nobility, the word says, and that you are special. You are special. You are marvelous. My soul, he said, knows very well. My frame wasn't hidden from you. I was made in secret. You skillfully wrought me in the lowest parts of the earth. And then verse 16 is interesting. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed in your book, your book, capital Y, his book. They were all written. Your days were written in his book. The days fashioned for, your days were fashioned when yet there were none. He knew you before you were in your mama's womb. And he had a plan for you. He did indeed have a destiny, a unique destiny. If I broke that down into layman's terms that you and I would understand, what I've been given is this. Your eyes saw my substance. In other words, he saw you before you were even born. He saw you. Your life was recorded in his book before he saw you. It was laid out for you before you were even here, before a single day had even passed. Man, that's some pretty good news right there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Four realities this morning about heaven and hell. Reality number one, God made you. If you conclude nothing else from that passage of Scripture, God made you. 
and he made you to love you. I'm going to go over to Jeremiah, book uh, chapter 1, and just share one scripture from Jeremiah. Now, he's talking to Jeremiah, but I believe it also can apply to each and every one of us. We learn that from scripture. Before I formed you, he said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So just to reinforce what I'm saying, he says here to Jeremiah, I knew you, Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Just want to reemphasize that. Before you were born, I sanctified you. That just means he set him apart. He set you apart. That word sanctify just means he set you apart to be holy, to, be, to pursue holiness. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, we heard some prophetic words here this morning. There are some that were gifted with the prophetic word. He has given some to be prophets, some to be apostles, some to be evangelists, some to be preachers, and some to be teachers, right? He's given each and every one of us. You go and study the word, and you'll find out if you don't know what your giftings are, go study the word and let the Holy Spirit reveal to you what your giftings are, how you've been gifted in this particular case, he gifted Jeremiah to be a prophet, ordained him, uh, appointed him, if you will, to be a prophet to the nations. God made you to love you. I'm going to go over to Romans in chapter 8. I told you there may be a lot of scripture here. Romans chapter 8, starting verse 31, he said, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? See, man, we we're going to face some difficult times we have in the past. We're going to in the future, individually, as a nation. But understand this. Stand on this. What then shall we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32, he who did not spare even his own son. The God of the universe didn't even spare his own son. But he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who's going to separate us? Shall tribulation, will you allow that to separate you from the love of Christ? Tribulation or distress? Persecution? Look, more persecutions coming, church. Is that going to separate you from the love of Christ? Famine? Hey, we hear it all the time. Hey, food more food shortages are coming. Is that going to separate you from the love of Christ? Is famine or, or, or nakedness or peril or sword? Will that separate you? Verse 38, for I am persuaded. Here you go. Now stand on. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, that's good news. Just receive that. Say, I receive that. You should receive that. There's nothing that can separate you. Reality number one, God made you to love you. He made you to love you. I'm going to go over to Ephesians. Let me jump over to Ephesians here. In chapter 1, uh, one scripture, verse 5, says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons. 
sons, and I'm just going to include daughters in this. Sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. We talked yesterday several times to the men about about the will of God. What's his will? Well, here's part of his will is that all should come to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. That none, how many? None should perish. But that all should come to the saving grace, right? So so it's it's that's part of his desire, part of his will. In Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 17, says this that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Where should Christ dwell? Where should he dwell? In our hearts, right? Boy, we talked a lot about that yesterday, didn't we, guys? Christ should dwell in our hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes by knowledge. goes down into the heart, folks, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Anyone here want to be filled with the fullness of God? I do. I want to be filled with the fullness of God. See, reality number one is God made you to love you, but he wants you and I to learn to love him back. To be filled with the fullness of God. To have, an, I pray it from time to time, I'm like, Lord, fill my heart with your unconditional love. God, fill my heart with your compassion. Because in my flesh, I'm not very compassionate sometimes. You, you, you hear me? You understand what I'm saying? You might have gathered that from the video. Sometimes I'm not very... Just Russian sickle. That's right, Pastor. So I, I don't want to rely on, on, on my level of compassion or my level of, of love. I, Lord, fill my heart with your unconditional love, with, with your compassion. And then I pray this too. Lord, allow me to see people and circumstances through your eyes. Because I know how they look through my eyes. <laughs> I'm just being transparent with you here, right? And, and, and so God made us to love us, but he wants us to learn to love him back, to be filled with the fullness of God. Now I'm going to go over the Old Testament just for a second. We learned yesterday that all Scripture is profitable, so I'm going to go over to Deuteronomy, and I'm going to share what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Verse 5, key, you shall love the Lord your God with some of your heart. Oh, an educated audience. Good job, Pastor. Good job here. Right. We're not to love the Lord with some of our heart. We're to love the Lord with all of our heart. Come on. He made us to love us, but he wants us to learn to love him back with all of our heart, with all of your soul, with all your strength. And the words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Men, let me just call you out just for a moment and understand this. 
your Sunday school classes and all these kiddos that are back there learning, and I hope that they do receive some impartation, but it's not those Sunday school teachers' responsibility to educate your children on the Word of God. It is your responsibility as a spiritual leader and head of your home, a, spiritual, a servant leader of your home, for you to educate your children. Not too many amens there, but that's okay. I didn't come to be popular. He, he didn't say Sunday school teachers teach your children diligently. No, he said you. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Ah, let me let, throw that responsibility on my wife. No, sir. Man up and teach your children diligently, sir. Man up. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. You shall put them as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Rowdy number one, God made us to love, love us and for us to learn to love him back. Jesus in Mark chapter 12 verse 30 actually was quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you want to hear from the man himself, go read Mark Chapter 12, Psalm 5, starting verse 11, says this, But let all those who rejoice, let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy. Any shouters here today? Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those who love your name, let all, let also, let those also who love your name be joyful in you. Now that word defend can also be protect. It can also be cover, right? So he's going to cover us. He's going to protect us. He's going to defend us. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Receive that word today. As you love the Lord, be filled with joy. He's going to defend you, protect you, and cover you. He's going to shine his favor upon you and sh surround you with a shield. Reality number one, God made you to love you and wants you and I to learn to love him back. Reality number two, you were made to live forever. Do you understand that? You were made to live forever. He says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. See, you were made for such a time as this. You were made beautiful for such a time as this. But look what else he says. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. See, he's put eternity in the heart of everyone he's ever created. He's put it, you might call it in modern vernacular, a built-in GPS system, right? Now, some are looking to fill that void in their heart with all kinds of other things. But at the end of the day, there's only one thing I conclude, as I myself at some point, each and every one of us should come to a point where we say, there's got this, there's got to be more to life than just this. I came to that conclusion 17 October 1993. I spent a number of years in that crazy wrestling profession. I climbed the pinnacle of success, become a world champion, like eight different 
titles and other titles and accolades and awards, whether it was in a wrestling ring or on a football field or out in business. There's a lot of success I've been fortunate uh, to, to, to experience. While at the end of the day, the conclusion was there's got to be more to life than just this. And I found the reality of that 17 October 1993 at an altar when I surrendered my life to Jesus and he came to live in me and life has never been the same since. I don't know how you could have a genuine encounter with him and life ever remained the same. I just don't. I just don't. You were made to live forever. He's put eternity in the heart of every individual he's ever created. And, and then it's like, okay, let, let me find out. There's, there's got to be more life. There's got to be more life. Hey, listen. Listen, 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 listen. Are you listening? Listen, listen. Pay attention. You may have never have thought about it this way before, but I want you to understand this. You'll spend far more time on the other side of death than you will on this side. There's lots of scriptures, you know, life is but a hand breath, like life is like a morning fog. Life, just think about those descriptions, a morning fog. You see it and then it's gone, right? Life is but a hand breath. I mean, there's a lot of descriptions in the Bible about how brief life on this earth and this first life you're given is right in fact in fact he he here's what he says in the, the psalmist said hey 70 years may, maybe 80 go go read your psalms 70 years maybe 80 hey possibly 90 possibly there's no guarantee of that i mean my mom lived to be 93 my dad lived to be 92 I might live into my 90s. I don't know. My brother back there, one of the brothers said, you good physically? I go, as far as I know. <laughs> now, I will say for the record, I mean, I'm ready to go be with Jesus right now. I mean, like I am. Like my heart's prepared. Like Jesus, I, you know, I, I'm ready. But I'll stay here as long as you want. You know, some might hit the triple. Some might. Now, personally, I have no desire to hit triple digits, personally. I know how I feel in my 60s. I'm like, I, don't, I, I can't imagine how I'm going to feel in my 90s, right? Just saying. And, and if we believe what the Bible says, what the Word of God says, at the end of the day, if we say we're all longing for heaven, then what, what's the fear of going there? I, I get a kick out of some of these Christ followers, Christians, quote, I'll use that term loosely, Christians, who said, well, yeah, I want to go, but I just got, but I got a whole lot more I want to do here. Real, like, real, I, I get about a shit, like, when you get there, you won't care what you left on your check, your, your bucket list here. I'm pretty confident in that. You're like, hey, Jesus, can I go finish my bucket list? No, I don't think you're going to be saying that. I, I'm just going to go out on a limb right there. Reality number two, you were made to live forever. You'll spend far more time on the other side it, when you step into eternity, which is a long, 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 long time. I won't take the time to give you a description of that. Just understand, you know, and, and by the way, you don't want to be wrong on this. You, you don't want to be wrong on this. You want to make sure, in other words, you have your heart in the right place. 
that you have encountered the Christ and had a genuine salvation encounter. You don't want to be wrong on this. I talk to people, I'm like, I'm like yeah, you know, you're going to heaven? And I get answers like, I hope so, I think so, pretty sure. I mean, I get answers like this. I'm like, man, them are the wrong answers. Like, for real. Like, if you got question marks about your salvation, d- deal with it today. Like, for real. Like, there shouldn't be question marks. I have no question mark. Like, there's an exp- ex- exclamation mark behind my salvation. No question marks. Like, if I, if I did die today, my brother, you're like, you good? I'm like, I, as far as I know. But there's no question in my mind, like, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm like, yes, Jesus. And I hope that's your impression. I hope that's what's deep down inside of you. No question marks, only exclamation points. And if there is any kind of question mark, address it at the altar today, secure it, and drive your stake in the ground so that the enemy can't beat you up in the future about, hey, you know, that prayer you prayed wasn't real, What Right? No, you go, no, you liar, it was real, and I am a child of God and a follower of Christ. You go to hell, because one day you will be there. Reality number two, you're made to live forever. This life, I believe, is simply preparation for the life to come. You might call it a dress rehearsal. So here's the deal. The better prepared you are here, however prepared you are here is what you take there. Hence the importance of like all these opportunities, you know, from conferences to camps to to all the other things you guys do, services on Sunday, that it's all preparation. Home study groups. Get plugged into a home group if you're not. Go get plugged into one. Build some community on a smaller scale so you don't just slide in here at 1020 and slide out of here as soon as the final bell rings. Just saying. Build some relationships. Build some friendships. This life is preparation, I'm convinced, for our life into eternity. Reality number three God has prepared two eternal places. Anyone like to guess what they are? Huh? Good job. Pastor, again, great job. You have an educated crowd here. Heaven is real. And hell is hot. Boy, that's good. I, I, I like You're the first. I like that. I like that. Listen, Jesus talked about this. God's been preparing heaven since the foundations of the world. Let me, let me point this out. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 25. It was interesting earlier, Matthew 25 came up. Then the king will say, verse 34, then the king, capital K, who's saying this? The king, the king of kings, will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Heaven has been prepared since the foundation of the world. Jesus said, come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Over in John chapter 14, 
Jesus said this in verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Ooh, that's some good news right there. He's gone to prepare a place for you. And then for those who are Christ followers, children of God, adopted into the family, he's going to come back and bring us to him, he says in his word. He says, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Heaven is real. He's gone. And if you want more, just go read Revelation sometime. It's a more vivid description of what heaven will look like. Homework for you. Go read that on your own. But hell is real as well. It is. And it is going to be hot. Jesus, Jesus said this. Let me go back to Matthew 25. Now let me remind you what he said in verse 34. The king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. But look what Jesus said further down in this passage, starting verse 41. Then Jesus will say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Verse 46 and these will go away into everlasting punishment by the righteousness by the right but the righteous excuse me but the righteous into eternal life see there will be a separation of those who are Christ followers believers who receive salvation and those who've rejected God some to everlasting eternal life and others into everlasting punishment that's what Jesus said, right? In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus said this. Let me get back there. Check this out, what he said here. In Matthew chapter 13, in verse 41, the Son of Man will send out his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire, and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Are you getting the picture here? Heaven is real, but hell is also real. In the book of Revelation, chapter 20, just to further drive this point home and illustrate this, it says this, starting in verse 12. And I saw the dead small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire, this is the second death, verse 15. Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake 
of fire. If there's any question marks about your name being in the book of life, address that today. Address it today. Remove any question mark and put an exclamation point there that you know that you know that you know down deep in your knower that you are indeed a child of God. In the book of Daniel, the prophet wrote this in chapter 12, verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. What's the dust of the earth? Those who are in the grave. Those who have passed away prior to us. Here's what Daniel said. Many of those who asleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Hmm. Hmm. That word contempt, I'm like, break that down for me, Lord. He's like, well, you know, those who were disobedient, those who are disrespectful, those who rejected me will be cast into everlasting contempt. Verse 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now, I don't know how many souls you've won to the kingdom, but I know what Proverbs says. It says this, he who wins souls is wise. I encourage you to be wise. I encourage you to look for ways that you can win souls to the kingdom. Daniel said, those who are wise shall shine. Let your light shine, Pierce. Let your light shine because it's going to pierce the darkness of this age. And Pierce, I'm going to tag something else. It just bubbled in my spirit. You're going to have the opportunity. You're going to be a wise man because God's going to provide you with numerous opportunities to win souls to his kingdom. And you're going to fulfill that word in Proverbs. He who wins souls is wise. God's going to reveal this to you and give you opportunities to do that, Pierce. Let, like the brightness of the firmament, those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Jesus said this in John chapter 5. Jesus said this, starting in verse 26. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he's given him authority to execute judgment. Also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this. Do not marvel at this. For the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who've done good to the resurrection of life. To those who've done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So I look that word up condemnation, to punish or sentence as only a righteous judge would do. For all those who've done evil, they will be judged and punished and sentenced to everlasting death in the lake of fire. 
the second death. To conclude this reality, hell, originally created for Satan and the demons, we saw that in Scripture. Hell was created for Satan and the demons. Unfortunately, though, it'll also be for anyone else who chooses to rebel or reject God. Key word, chooses. Remember yesterday, guys, we talked about free will. God didn't force us to love him. Worship team, come on up here. Reality number one, God made you to love you and wants you to learn to love him back. Reality number two, you were made to live how long? Forever. Good. You've been listening. Forever. Reality number three, heaven is real, but so is hell, and hell is? Hell's going to be hot. I mean, when you see the description about the wailing and, and gnashing of teeth, I mean, that's just one description of hell that doesn't stop. Like, that's never ending. Like, there's no escaping from it. In fact, I'm reminded right now of that story of the rich man and Lazarus, the beggar who, who was shunned by the rich man, wouldn't even give him crumbs. And if you know the story, the, the, the beggar ends up at the bosom of Abraham, and there's, there's clearly a chasm between them. And the rich man who ended up in hell is begging for just a, to, Abraham to dip his finger in the water just to touch his tongue. He's like, no, no, I can't do that. We can't come there. You can't come here. You made your decision. You made your choice. Once you die, there's no going back. Your decision is made. Right? He said, well, go tell my brothers. No, 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 I'm not going to tell your brothers. They got the word. If they, if they, if they don't believe the word, then, then they're not going to believe me either. Right? Reality number four. We're going to wrap this up and land this plane. Reality number four you and I get to choose where we spend eternity. That's the reality. We go back to Deuteronomy one more time in, in the 30th chapter of Deuteronomy. Verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. See, again, because it's not God's heart that anyone should, should end up in the lake of fire. That's not his heart. His heart is that everyone should choose life. That everyone should want eternal life. But unfortunately, there are some that prior to us and perhaps in the future, will, people that will continue to reject God. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God. That you may obey His voice. That you may cling to Him. Cling to Him today, church. Cling to Him today. Cling to Him, man, and don't let Him go. And keep pursuing Him. Find out just the, the depth and the height and the width and the length of who he is. Posted something this morning on social media that is 
not just about your your study of 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 the word your knowledge of the word that would qualify perhaps as being religious it's about your engagement with the creator of the universe combined with the word that you should do that on on a daily basis certainly study the word but also pursue your relationship with the creator of the universe let those two work together he says cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days father i just thank you for this opportunity just to gather here this morning lord thank you lord for this opportunity to worship you and to to start to, to hear your word and for us to study and understand your word i just thank you lord Thank you, Lord, that everyone in this audience, everyone watching online, Lord, I pray was impacted by something that was said from your word today, Lord. Not from me, but from your word, Lord. There's conviction. If there's conviction, Holy Spirit is convicting right now. Maybe there are some, whether here present, in person, or watching online, that have had or have questioned marks about their salvation lord that they would address that right now don't wait a minute longer but address it and say i want to remove all doubt i want to remove all every question mark about my salvation drive a stake in the ground put an exclamation point on my salvation and know that i know that i know if i were to die today to be absent from the body i would be present with the lord 